Welcome to the anointed teaching preached at Church 316, the youth arm of the Fountain of Life Church. We hope that you be blessed as you listen to this message. Um, and it's the first Sunday in a new month, and this is still our month of supernatural progress. Hallelujah. So this month you will make supernatural progress in the name of Jesus. You will achieve new territories in the name of Jesus. You will possess your possessions in the name of Jesus. You will achieve new landmarks in the name of Jesus. Supernaturally, you will take new territories in the name of Jesus. Everything holding you back, we break them by the blood of Jesus and we launch you into a new season of progress in the name of Jesus. We break you from every limitation, every stagnation. We break their hold over you and we declare that you make unusual progress this month in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that once has it spoken, twice have I heard that all power belongs to God and by that power you break through this month in the name of Jesus. By that power you achieve divine and supernatural miracles this month in the name of Jesus. The double doors are open before you in the name of Jesus. Doors of favor, doors of blessing, doors of abundance, doors of prosperity in the name of Jesus. By God you will return with a testimony that of a truth the word of God has gone forth and I did experience supernatural progress in the name of Jesus. Father we thank you for your word. We receive it that the mountain, the land will yield for you this month in the name of Jesus. The land will produce for you this month uh, a hundredfold harvest this month in the name of Jesus. Uh, barrenness will give way to fruitfulness. Uh, barren business to fruitfulness in the name of Jesus. Uh, barren jobs to fruitfulness. Promotions in the name of Jesus. Uh, everything you lay your hands on this month, they will prosper in the name of Jesus. Uh, God will teach your hand to make wealth this month uh, and the name of the Lord will be glorified uh, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we've prayed. You know, it's one thing to hear the word of God. It's another thing to believe that it's for you. And it's another thing to receive it so that God does not become a liar. You have to get to that point where you say, if it does not even happen for anybody, it will happen for me. And that's what faith is. Right? That's why the woman with the issue of blood will press in when everybody else was bumping into power and nothing happened. She decided, I'm, I'm not just going to let it be another theme for the month. Don't let it be another theme for the month. Decide that this is going to be my testimony. You know, I, I always love that Yoruba song. And then they make it competitive. They say, hey, mini number one. You want number. Pick your number on the line. There can be plenty number ones. But it's up to you. That woman was in the crowd, but she made up her mind I was not going to be part of the statistics. And today, thousands of years after, we're still talking about the woman with the issue of blood. Imagine all the other women with the issue of blood that passed by Jesus that day. Don't assume she was the only one. She wasn't the only one in need of a miracle. She was the only one desperate enough to make a demand on power and she received it. So people say, God is not real. Are you desperate enough for it? You know, I read a story one time. This is not my message. Maybe somebody needs to get desperate. Um, I read a story one time of a young man that went to meet a rich man. And he said, teach me how to make money. So the guy took him to the swimming pool. 
and took his head and ducked it into the water. When he started to struggle, the guy put his head out and he was like, hey. The guy took his head again, pushed it back the second time. By the time he came back, he couldn't say, hey. He said, hey. The guy took his head, pushed it underwater and held it for a longer period of time. By the time he came back out, he couldn't see anything. He was just like, the guy said, until you want it, that you cannot complain, you cannot even ask for it. You just go for it. He says, until you want it as much as you needed that hair that you birthed in the last time without asking me for help, you're not ready for it. I'm not saying cut corners. I'm saying be desperate that God, if they say you are real, let me be the one to show the world that you're true. Until you get that desperate for it. Not to say God can't do it without you getting desperate. But I'm saying that Christians have to be tired of the status quo. We have to be tired of hearing that it's the month of blow. And your own blow is like, you know, it's not even Bengal. What's that one? That you're like, I don't know. There's one. These Indians, they use it for their holiday. You just hit it on the do. I don't I don't know the people sitting on that side of the hall, but you, you understand what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Um, if, if, if there's something that Pastor Tawa has been emphasizing since he came back, aside from the theme for the month, it's been that this is our season of exploit. And, and it stemmed for, from the, uh, Daniel 11, 32, that says that those that do wickedly against the covenant, it will corrupt with flattery. But the people that do know their God will be strong and would do exploit. If you are not doing exploit, from that text, it beats to tell me that you are not strong. Right? We're just going backwards with the same text. If you are not strong, it tells me that you don't know your God. Because it's a progression. When you know your God, you will be strong. When you are strong, you will do exploit. So the reason you're not doing exploit is that you don't, you're not strong enough for it. Right? If I were to ask someone, a lady, to carry this, it might be impossible because she's not strong enough for it. Right? But for a guy, it should be easy, even though it can break her. But it should be an easier thing to achieve. Right? Um, so he started to talk about knowledge because it seems that for us to do exploits, the root is knowledge. Right? Um, so we're going to look at knowledge. But then, you know, I, I was just very excited about exploits and I decided to look at, you know, what exploit means. Um, dictionary meaning, plain, nothing, nothing Hebrew or Greek. The dictionary meaning of exploit means a bold and daring feat. So if God is calling the Fountain of Life Church to a season to do bold and daring feats, how many people are excited? I'm excited to take on new territories. I'm excited to do things that have never been done before. He says, this is our season to do exploit. He says that for people that would do exploit must know their God so that they can be strong and they can do exploit. So check the definition of knowledge since we know what exploit is. I don't need to define strong for you. Just think of Okogan. There's this one that we used to sing. Okogan, show me your power. Yeah, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, uh, uh. So you know strong, right? I don't know who is the reigning person. I don't watch violence anymore. God is love. I like to watch. <laughs> so let's look at knowledge, right? So what is knowledge? It says knowledge is, or knowledge are facts, information, skills, 
acquired through experience or education. I'll take that again. Knowledge are facts, information, and skills acquired through experience or education. The theoretical or practical understanding of a subject. Now, the truth is there's knowledge everywhere, right? There's knowledge of plants, there's knowledge of human beings, but the knowledge to do exploits is the knowledge of God. And now this knowledge, according to definition, and actually found in scriptures, can be got in two ways. Education, which is something like we do here, or maybe at Word Wednesday, or discipleship classes, um, or when you by yourself actually sit down with your Bible and study. That's education. So you can get knowledge by education. And that's why the Bible says not to neglect the fellowship together of believers, right? That's education. The other part of knowledge is experience. No two persons' experience of God is the same. We might have a similar output in the sense that we both emerge victorious at the end of the day, but our experiences are never the same. Both of which will accumulate to the knowledge of God that you have. Neither is more important than the other because education is a, con well, what's the word now? It's a compilation of people's experiences of God. Right? So their experience plus your, their experience becomes your education, right? Because if I'm teaching you right now, I'm teaching you from my experience of my overflow, right? And then add that to your own experience. And that's why I started with being desperate enough to want it. Your experience of God, that builds a knowledge base that nothing in life can take away from you. You see, if you get just education without experience, life will take it away. In the sense that you will forget. You now say, ah, when the demon comes, you now say, what is that scripture that Nazario quoted on Wednesday? Or, have you reached prayer point in the church? You call prayer that time. Before you are thinking about devil, I've finished slapping you. You get the difference. Yeah? But when you have education, and then it becomes experiential knowledge, then you can look anyone in the face and say no. So what is the knowledge of God that we need to know, right? I, I wrote some things in my notes and I'll just share. We need to know the nature of God. We need to know the attributes of God. We need to know the abilities of God. Why do we need to know those things? God said, the children of Israel, they know my works. That's his abilities. He says, but Moses has an edge. He does not just know my works. He knows my ways. He knows my attributes. He knows my characteristics. If someone were to come to me and say, Olumide or maybe Fee stole money, it would be a very hard sell. If you say that Olumide shout at somebody, I would say, ah, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's personal. Yeah. But if you say, I put money down and Olumide fapped it, ah, what currency? <laughs> maybe seven notes. Because pastor is earning in foreign currency as he is like that. Do you, I'm not saying go and Billy Mo, but <laughs> do you understand what I mean? Now, the reason I am confident to defend him is because I know his ways. I know who he is. Now, the problem with Christianity is some of us only know the works of God. Because all we have is education. 
So when life brings, and that's why we will doubt God. Because when, when you know the ways of God, when life asks you a question, who is your God? You know who your dad is. You don't need a Sunday to tell, to, do you get what I mean? You don't need a Sunday service. And that's why you cannot do exploits if you don't have this knowledge. We know God beyond the things that he can do. We know who God is. The beautiful thing about knowing who God is, is that in knowing who God is, you know who you really are. The Bible says that we are created in the image of God. Right? If you're looking at something in the mirror, if there's any defect in the image you see in the mirror, do you correct the mirror or do you correct yourself? Why? So if the mirror is showing you something that you are not, what do you say is the problem? Something's wrong with the mirror, Abby. It's not the image. Uh, so think about it. You are the image of God. Now ask yourself, the image that you have right now, is it a true replica of who God is? No, just that you, it's you people that explain that if the reflection in the mirror is not a true replication of what the original copy is, something is wrong. But something wrong is not with the person. Something wrong is also not with the image. So who is something wrong with? What is the mirror? The theme scripture for the month. As we behold in the mirror, what is the mirror? It's the word of God. So if the mirror is the word of God, the mirror cannot be the problem because the word of God is perfect. So the problem is there is a disconnect between the mirror and the reflection. Why is that? If I, if I were to put a mirror here and the mirror is supposed to be showing my image, if I bring external forces like light, it, it distorts the image that you see. Stay with me and think about it. So if the life that you live and you see is not a reflection of the life of God that you have come to hear and to know about, and the word of God is true, just maybe you need to get into that word a, a little bit more so that you can correct the image of you that you see. Are you with me? Because there is no fault in God. And that's why when God will speak to man, he will speak to you like you are who he is. So when God says, he will say, be fruitful. Even though, physically speaking, the doctors might say you have PCOS. Do you get what I mean? But God sees his perfection in you. Because there is that responsibility that you have to ensure that light and these external distractions do not hinder the image of God that is on the inside of you that you're supposed to reflect. Because the fault sometimes is not with even the mirror. It's we. We are supposed to reflect God. But if light is blinding, if there is AC in the room and the mirror is foggy, I remember I had that experience with Pastor Namti one time. She was like, I should take her picture. And everything was just looking blurry. So I took the camera and I just wiped the lens. Alas, picture perfect. So maybe you need to wipe the lens. What's that lens? Get to know who God is. Get to fellowship more experiential knowledge of who God is and be dissatisfied 
with the mirror showing you something that is not God. Some of us accept it and say, Kisera, Sarah. So they said this, eh, it's okay, God will heal me in future. There's nothing God cannot do, but not for you. So be dissatisfied with the image that you see in your life, whatever that reflection is. As long as it doesn't tally with who God is, be dissatisfied with it. But how would you know who God is if you don't get into the word? If you don't know him? Please open your Bibles. Oh, bad time. Hosea 4. I'll need them to show it on the screen. Hosea 4 verse 6 says, My people perish for lack of... My people perish for lack of knowledge. Knowledge is power, they say. Um, 2 Peter 3.18. Please open it if you're there. Um, uh, okay, Holy Spirit, help me. Let me just skim through a couple of things. I'm trusting that you will go home and read it a bit more. Proverbs 18.15 says, An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. So what should you seek tonight? I think I'll just round off with that because uh, my time is fast spent. Um, I won't be able to get into all of this. <sighs> Holy Spirit, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. What do you seek to know? Let's just go home and do a bit of study more on this. What do you seek to know? Seek to know who God is. Seek to know the attributes of God. Seek to know the character of God, all of which you can find in scripture. And the character of God can never be different from the person of Jesus. You see, I realized that all the names that God was called in the Old Testament or in the Bible, Jesus came to demonstrate them, right? And I, you know, I just went to find a couple of them and I'll just go through a, a little bit of them. It says, God is Jehovah Rapha. That's a name. You see, the names of God contains the attributes, the things that he can do. And that's why you need to know him. And the knowledge of God is progressive. You can never, never play to in knowing God. Bible says that the knowledge is increasing. And that's why Paul will pray for the church. You see, aside from praying for grace for the church, the second most important prayer point of Paul for the church was knowledge. That your eyes of understanding will be enlightened. That you will know him. Because to know God is to know yourself. And then when you see something in yourself that is not of God, you know something has to give. You know when to tell the devil, no, hands off. This cannot be in me because it's not in God. But if you don't know who God is, you don't know what cannot be in God, then you accept anything that anyone throws at you. So it says God is Jehovah Rapha. He's our healer. Jesus came to demonstrate that perfectly. The Bible says that everywhere he went, he was doing good. Now, if the healer lives on the inside of you and our son's position for expert, not only does he live on the inside of, of you, you are now seated with him in the heavenly, far above principalities and power. What is your position when somebody is sick? What's your position when someone's sick? You have the capacity to heal. Because the healer now lives on the inside of you and you are seated with him. But if you don't know, um, uh, God, God, Holy Spirit, help me. Okay, let's just, I'll just mention some of the names. Please go home and, and just look at them. God is Elohim. He's the creator. And you are made in that image to create. You have a creative mind. I hear people say, I have mental block. You can't mental block. You sit with the Holy Spirit on my own block. You have a creative mind. He's Jehovah Jireh. 
He's your provider. You cannot lack. The Bible says that once I am young, now I'm getting older, I change it to my own. I said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Neither is seed begging bread. You cannot just be the recipient of urgent 2K. Because Jaira is, is the one on the inside of you by the Holy Spirit, remember? Oh yeah, Holy Spirit, help me. Okay, so there's Jaira, there's Shama. The Lord is there. One thing I always tell you all is wherever you go, you know you're not alone. You know God is with you. I remember the testimony of a man that was kidnapped. He said that as he was kidnapped, he's, he's a pastor. He sat down there and he would say, ah, they kidnapped pastor. And they took his phone and they were asking for ransom and he was like, I don't have money. And as he sat there, he was just praying because they kidnapped man of God. And as he was praying, somehow all of them began to sleep. It was at night, so technically they should be tired. The kidnapper and the kidnappees, all of them slept except the pastor. And then suddenly he checked the rope that they used to tie him. And it's like the rope is it's not too tight. And pastor removed the rope. He did not wake up the other kidnappers Because sometimes the Lord deliver you for yourself. So pastor got up, walked away, saw a river, crossed the river, called the police, went to pick up his family. Did the police go and rescue the other kidnappers? I didn't know. God bless Nigeria. But at the end of the day, pastor escaped. Because pastor cannot be. You have to know. You see, what the devil come to test is your knowledge. He came to me, Jesus, and says, if you are, if you are that God just told him that he is. The devil didn't come with a new tactics. God just said, you are. Then the devil came and said, if you are. So do you know the you are that God called you? So God is calling us, you are this. But if you don't know the you are that you are being called, the devil will come and ask you, are you? And you say, I'm not. Because the devil will bring situations to question who you say you are or who God has called you. But if you are sure you are who God has called you, when life asks you, who is your God? You say, I am. I might not look like it, but I'm not, I'm not who you say I am. I am who God says I am. Um, so yeah, get to know who God is. Get into the scriptures. You see God as, I'll just list some of the names I found online, right? You see him as the Lord God Almighty. He's the El Shaddai. If you want to hear more about that, pastor preached it at first service. Please go and listen to it. The El Shaddai. El means the almighty, all-powerful. Shaddai talks about the sufficiency of God. So when you don't have enough, remind your daddy that you are the all-sufficient God. Is Nisi, the Lord our banner. Is Ra, the Lord our shepherd. And you know the beautiful thing about a shepherd? He's concerned about the security of the sheep. He's concerned about the feeding of the sheep. A goat does not go and look for grass when it has a shepherd. It's, it's Shama, the Lord is here. It's Rafa, the Lord that heals. It's Sikendu. It's the Lord our righteousness. So your righteousness is not of yourself. It's Mekodishkem. The Lord who sanctifies is Olam, the everlasting God. Is Kona, is a jealous God. Is Jaira, the God that provides. Is Shalom, is the God our peace. So 
So the storm can range around you all they want. You have peace within the storm. It's Sabaoth. It's the Lord of hosts. You have a host of angels. And that's why Elijah will say, God opened his eyes to see that those that are with us are more than those that are against us. But if you don't know all of this about your God, you cannot be strong. So let's get into the knowledge of who God is. Remember that knowledge is progressive. You see, your result in life is based on this revelation of God. Revelation of who God is. And that's why Paul will consistently and continually pray for the church that we know him. When you know him, remember you know yourself. When you know him, you know the things that have been freely given. You know, there's some things that we struggle for. That all you have to do is just thank God for. Because it's yours already. And I love the scripture in Hebrews where it says that Jesus is at the right hand of God. Interceding for the saints. You know what God told me? He's just saying, paid for, done. You, you know if you go to a store right? Um, and let's say you go to order something and while you have paid for that, you are still looking around for something else in a normal store. Eh? If another person comes and want to buy what you have paid for, what do they tell them? Exactly. So when the devil wants to touch, Jesus says paid for. He wants to touch your health, paid for. He wants to touch your finances, paid for. He wants to touch your family, paid for. He wants to touch your mind, paid for. He wants to touch your business, paid for. Because he has paid. He said it's finished. So it's right there with, with God just saying, paid for. So now imagine if you go, you have paid for something and you don't know. You now walk out of the store. You didn't collect what you have paid for. And that's why the Bible says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. It says in all you're getting, Get knowledge, but you know you're getting, get understanding. That's understanding what you know. Remember that knowledge is fact, and you get it by experience. Ladies and gentlemen, with this few point of mind, I hope I'll be able to convince you and confuse you. <laughs> I'm just saying that. There are um, a lot more scriptures that I will encourage us to read. Let me just give you the scripture so that you can read it because of time, right? Second Peter 3.18. Please read Second Peter 3.18. Please read John 17, verses 3. Read Jeremiah 9 verses 23 to 24 with John 14 verses 11. I wanted to end with this, um, the, the first um, miracle of Jesus in John 2. Um, if you can please show it on the screen. Um, John 2, John 2, we'll run up with that and I'll just hand over the mic. Just this last one, this last one, this last one because God told me this is for someone. Um, if your Bible is in John 2, just give it, um, borrow me your phone. If it's, it's up, it's up. Okay, so on the third day, there was a wedding. You know the story, right? Um, so I don't want to read everything. There's just a particular part that jumped out at me as God was telling me to read it. Um, let me find them. Okay, so you know the story. Jesus went for a wedding, the very first miracle, and he said, it's not yet my time. But the mother said what? She, she said, whatever he asks you to do, do it. Why am I bringing this scripture? When you know God, he will give you some instructions. That would be crazy. It will give you instructions that will not follow regular pattern. But if you know him, it will be easy for you to obey him, even in the unusual. So she said, whatever he asks you to do, do it. And I found it very interesting that this servant did not know what Jesus can do. Yes, they took water to give the guests. And the Bible says that when they gave the guest, it says that this is the best wine. And he went on to ask, why do you bring the last 
why do you bring the last first? That you know, normally people bring the bad one when people are already drunk. I'm not saying go and get drunk. But here is what God has told me to tell someone. God is saving the best for last. It might not be for everybody, but it's for someone, I'm sure. When the man got the water, he said, normally, I think that's in verse 10. It says, and he said to him, every host serves his best wine first until everyone has had a cup or two. Then he serves the cheaper wine. But you, my friend, and that's what someone's testimony in this house. You have reserved the most exquisite wine until now. But you, my friend, God has reserved the most mind-breaking testimony for you until now. It looks like the year is running out uh, and you have prayed and you have fasted uh, and you have believed God uh, and you have trusted in God and it looks like nothing is about to come out. But God has sent me to remind you that because you know me and you have obeyed me, I have saved the best for last. I am crowning this year for you with my goodness. That the goodness you would experience this later part of the year will exceed everything you have seen from the beginning of the year put together. In the name of Jesus, God is going to do something unusual. God is going to do something supernatural. God is set to do something mind-blowing. God is set to do something miraculous in your life. That the ears of those that hear it will tingle. In the name of Jesus, God said I've saved the best for last because I'm here to show forth my power in your life. In the name of Jesus. He saved the best for last and that's someone's testimony. It's the 10th month of the year, but you are just starting. For someone, this is your beginning of years. It's the beginning for you, and you would return with a testimony in the name of Jesus. If you receive it, say, Father, I receive it. I thank you that I would return with my testimony in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. For more information, please visit www.vchurch316.org. God bless you.